Hello, everybody. We are excited to announce our partnership with Homefield Apparel through the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Podcast Network. Homefield has launched their North Texas apparel line as they continue to expand their growing collection uh, that is now over 150 teams across the country. Obviously, this is a huge deal for us as we are incredibly excited to give y'all a discount code for y'all's orders as y'all go in there and see what they got and obviously uh, buy things just based off Twitter. Y'all will be doing plenty of that. The discount code is MGREEN, which gives first-time customers 15% off and returning customers 10% off. Again, the discount code is MGREEN for those watching. Let's put it up on the screen, Colin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that code works for any purchase of home field, even if it's not North Texas specific. Home field is obviously uh, one of the major apparel lines in the entire country. It's dedicated to diving into the archives and history of each school to discover unique designs that make them perfect for showing off your school pride as college football returns. Colin, what, what do you think of home field apparel? Yeah, I mean, I feel like as all North Texas fans, we've been waiting for a moment like this in a long time. Obviously, home field apparel seems to have the hookup for us. I mean, I'm really, really excited to get my hands on some of those designs that they got. As Bruni already said, they don't just have the generic, you know, North Texas. It's It dives into what makes a school special, which I think I'm the most excited for. So you'll be seeing some of that on the podcast if y'all, y'all are watching. You'll be seeing yeah. us wearing some of that stuff. Definitely. If you're interested, visit the Homefield website at homefieldapparel.com. It's super easy, and you can access their wide-ranging selection of, of teams. Shop at Homefield and use our discount code MGREEN at checkout to get your discount. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. And Colin, today we are joined by J.D. Davis aka north texas eagle on twitter are you on threads yet have you moved i do to i have started threads i've got six followers we're really booming over there big yeah we go we're kind, of, we're kind of a big deal on threads so there we go threads check them out um recruiting <laughs> analyst and a reporter for gomingreen.com jd how are you doing today good good enjoying the summer getting some rain out here in east texas so it's been a, it's a whole lot better than last summer that's all i gotta i gotta say we're we're super blessed this year yeah um out here in Baton Rouge, you just kind of like you wait for August, and then in August it rains every single day. Yeah. That was the biggest shock to me that it just rains every day over here. So in August, so hurricane season's almost here, but hopefully there's no hurricanes. We'll see. But um, we wanted to have you on to talk recruiting. That's that's the main thing. Obviously, you are great at that. You're the best covering North Texas recruiting, um, and it's the summer periods for most schools is where they get a lot of intrigue, a lot of traction with players for the, uh, the, the classes that they're building. Uh, they have some camps, you know, they take visits, they, have, they host official visits and whatnot. So we want to have you on to talk about all that. But specifically what they have so far with 11 commits, they're currently seventh in the American on, on threes rankings. I don't know where 24-7 Rivals has them, um, but seventh right, I mean, nip and tuck with everybody else pretty much you know east carolina utsa fau smu has a higher you know average rating but they have less commits so on and so forth but if we talk about this 2024 class so far with the 11 commits what are your thoughts on just the class as a whole and how they've done so far yeah i mean i feel like we're, we're way ahead of schedule from i feel like where we've been in the past uh, i don't have the numbers to back that up but i just feel like we are um, with 11 commits here just starting the first week of June. I think the most impressive part to me is the staff really has only official visited one kid. 
And to have the 11 commits we've got, to me, is pretty impressive. I know schools like UTSA, uh, SMU, they started already official visiting quite a few kids. So uh, for North Texas to have 11 fish in the boat, however you want to call it, uh, it's pretty impressive. And the the thing to me, uh, not only is the amount, but the, the offer list on some of these kids is, has been, you know, world better than and, and Seth and them really improved recruiting. But some of these kids offers lists are some of the best I've seen um, in my you know period of covering North Texas football. Yeah. Real quick, Colin, before we no, continue, you're fine. Um, I, I've, I'm curious about the official visits because I know surface level, obviously, you, kids can take an official visit. Some of them take them in the summer. Some of them take them in the in, during the season, during the fall, closer to the commitment date. Do you think that's kind of what North Texas is holding off for? you think they're being like, all right, we want to we want to host the big guys in the fall closer to, to uh, signing period? Yeah, and I think that the staff wants to, to get a chance to show what they can do on the field. I know that's a big thing that they think once, you know, North Texas gets some wins, can, you know, show, you know, Eric Morris's style of football, uh, that's going to be a recruiting chip, uh, you know, something mm-hmm. used recruiting as well. Uh, but also, I think, you know, as we see senior year, uh, things play out. You know, kids rise up boards, kids fall down the boards, kids slip, offers go dry. And I do kind of like the fact that um, – you know, I think December is really going to be – I think there's a bye week, and then December, uh, one or two weekends in December, that's really going to be big official visit weekends for North Texas. And I think, you know, the, the class are going to kind of have a better idea and maybe be able to get, you know, maybe the whole group on campus. I'm not sure what all the, the game plan is, but uh, yeah. I do kind of like the wait-and-see approach, especially, I mean, if they were – if they had zero or, you know, one or two recruits at this point, I would probably be, you know, pulling my hair out, you know, get some kids on visit. But the fact that we've already got – over third of the class committed and no official visits. I think it's a, it seems like it's a pretty good strategy so far. Yeah. And, and 10 of those 11 are from Texas. And I think, again, we talked about this last time with the class coming in right now is, you know, that was a thing that Seth wasn't really strong at is getting Texas guys. So how impressive is it for you that they're continuing to keep that, you know, Texas percentage up? And do you think that'll, that'll hold going forward? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a point of emphasis that, that coach Morris made, you know, in his opening day press conference, he's, you know, followed that up with the, the staff he hired, Coach Gilbert, uh, Coach Savada. Uh, they, there's a ton of Coach Kirkland, or the, the director of player personnel. Coach Kirkland was a former high school, Texas high school coach. I mean, I think there's a ton of Texas high school football emphasis. Uh, but I still think the staff, you know, with, with Cobbs and that Oklahoma territory, mm-hmm. I think, you know, going up to Oklahoma and landing a kid like Mincho Tank Levine, uh, I think the staff will still continue to do stuff like that. I mean, watching that kid's film, I was actually watching it this morning, uh, just playing around before we jumped on here. I mean, the kids looks like a men among boys. Uh, so I think anytime you can go to Oklahoma and get a kid like that, you do it. But I, I do think moving forward, there's going to be a, a ton of emphasis on Texas high school football kids. You mentioned Mitchell Levine. Um, it's interesting because he is the only one not in Texas. He is from Oklahoma, which is close. Um, but you look at so many of these guys, it's like South Oak Cliff, Katie, North Shore, uh, Capel. Like, these are major, major uh, – Vandergrift. Like, these are major high school programs here, which, again, kind of like what you said earlier, I don't have the stats to back this up, but it felt like with the Latrell, era, Latrell and Valerius era, it was more so like finding – the big names at the small schools, you know, small Oklahoma schools, small schools in, you know, around Texas, 2A, 3A type stuff. Yeah. Is that something you, 
you I don't know, surprises you or anything like that? Or what are your thoughts on them kind of getting guys from these big programs? No, I mean, I think they, they and like I said, when they built the staff, I mean, they brought in well-respected guys from areas. You look at Coach Gilbert, you look at Coach O. I mean, those guys are, are well-known, respected guys in the DFW area. And I think that's a big part that you've seen. We signed three kids from South Oak Cliff last year, yep. two. And then, uh, you know. I think there was a North Shore as well last North year. North Shore as well. We've gotten we've two big North Shore kids. Now we've got a, a Christopher Barnes. I mean, 15 offers. Super impressive offer list. And the kids electric. Uh, but they've got several electric wide receivers committed so far. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's – that's in Coach Savota, we look in the Houston area. Um, well-respected. He was on, you know, Texas high school boards down there and everything else. So, I mean, I think bringing in that kind of staff really, you know, gave North Texas some, some I guess, bragging rights in those areas, and, and they've really capitalized on it. I think it's really impressive. I think the two kids from South Oak Cliff, they committed early, so they're kids we really don't talk about much. But I think if we can hold on to Brandon Jones and Kerry Williams come December, it's going to be huge recruiting wins because, I mean, Brandon Jones, the guy, 21 offers and going through at Arizona State, Missouri, Houston, SMU, Ole Miss, Texas Tech. Uh, and that's a guy that could come in and start pretty quick on that defense, whether it's linebacker safety. I mean, that's they're not just going and getting kids from big schools. We sell that kind of the McCarthy area where they'd go to a school like DeSoto and they'd land three kids that had you know two offers combined between the three. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're actually going and getting big fish in the big ponds. Yeah. Um, what would be <clears throat> sorry? What would be a good finish for Eric Morris's full first uh, season of recruiting? Obviously, uh, Bernie already mentioned he's seventh. They're seventh right now. Um, is that kind of where you expect them to finish, or do you think that they could they could do better? No, I mean I'm not. I'm, I'm I like to think I'm realistic. I would think if if North Texas can fin- finish in that five to seven range, mm-hmm. uh, I would be super impressed. I think uh, not only are we moving up conferences, uh, you know, there's I, I think. I would be super pleased as a recruiting guy if we finish, you know, in that five to seven range is yep. what I'll say. Uh, now, if they, you know, we come out and, you know, whatever quarterback wins a starting job and we play for a, an AAC title, um, then, you know, maybe we can move up to the top two or three spot. But being a realist uh, and finishing how they think they finish, I think that five to seven range would be a huge win for year one of year one of a full year of recruiting mm-hmm. for Coach Morris. I know it's been talked about a lot with, I mean, by the AAC uh, Twitter account and everything, but the markets that these places that these schools are in is really, really interesting because you're going to get some really interesting recruiting battles, but also teams just kind of like locking down their area. And that's yeah. going to result in highly rated classes like Tulane, you know, New Orleans, um, SMU in North Texas and Dallas, FAU, Florida, obviously, even East Carolina, I mean, people don't talk about the Carolinas, I feel like, with recruiting, but that's, that is a pretty damn good area of, of talent. Um, and then you have, you know, UAB, UTSA, Tulsa, Memphis, Memphis is a pretty good area too. But you got those schools all obviously vying. I think five to seven range would be really impressive. I think that would be a good first year because also I feel like another thing that's not talked about enough was we, we say it's their first full year. It's still – building those relationships like you haven't been recruiting guys for three four years like some of these other schools like jeff trailer at utsa and stuff like that absolutely absolutely and i think that i mean when you look at this american conference there's not one team in the american that i if we lose a recruiting battle to i'm gonna you know throw a fit i mean because i i don't think there's no easy recruiting battle in the american i mean you look at 
people will say Tulsa, people will say Rice. I mean, those are private schools. Those are expensive education. Rice has gotten some dudes recently, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's impressive because, I mean, they haven't been that that great at football, but they've been out recruiting battles. And I think those that education, uh, that expensive tuition, I think that plays a part. Um, like you said, Tulane, their season they had last year, I mean, whoever LSU doesn't want, I feel like Tulane's got the, the Louisiana <laughs> area conquered yeah. right now. Um, where When we were in the, the – CUSA, I mean, there were schools like Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech and UTEP that I'm not trying to throw shade on those schools, but I feel like anytime North Texas offered any of their commits, I feel like we had a, a very good chance to take. There's not a school in the American that I feel that way about. I feel like that they all kind of offer something unique. Um, if they haven't had success, they're probably a private school that, that, that has the higher education or higher costing education. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if we did Fiddleman – finish middle of the pack and, and hold on to these guys we've got committed and add some more. I think that would be a, a pretty impressive year. Cause I, like I said, I think there's going to be some interesting recruiting battles down the stretch, especially if SMU stays in here, UTSA. I mean, we're already seeing it, uh, you know, going through this list of guys that North Texas has committed. UTSA's almost offered all of them. You look at UTSA's recruiting commits, North Texas almost offered all of them. So, I mean, they're going head to head on virtually every recruit. So, it's going to be interesting how the thing plays out. Of these 11 current commits, um, which ones really intrigue you and are like, you're like, you're like, oh, I really hope we get them signed. And um, just for the long term, being able to watch them at North Texas, which ones intrigue you the most? Uh, I'll probably go back to, to Micho just because he looks like a smaller school guy. And we've seen guys like that once they get on campus. Um, they either blossom to become a Jeffrey Wilson or, or they don't, don't break the two deep. I mean, it's really, uh, I feel like a boomer bust for those top guys. So I'm really interested to see that. Uh, but there's also something going through the list, some guys that, that, I mean, coach Davis landed the four wide receivers. I feel like in four days last week, yeah. all those guys are intriguing. I mean, Christopher Barnes, uh, Jacquez, Spalding, Dimps. I mean, when was the last time North Texas was in the top three with two big 12 schools and ended up, kid committing to north texas yep TC and it wasn't like those were yeah. were old offers i mean baylor was pretty fresh offer and and north texas still landing them and that was impressive to me and then um the the, the big kid from coppell uh tipton i mean that's a guy that you know he's a stud wide receiver but add 20 30 pounds on that kid he could be an all-conference tight end moving forward yep. and then maybe the arguably the best of the four miles coleman Smaller guy, shifty guy, kind of reminds me of uh, Darden. But I've seen, I think, somewhere where he's the leading receiver in the state of Texas coming back next year. So, I mean, that's yeah. getting these guys on campus, the air raid. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they, they play out and see uh, see if we can keep them committed till December. Would be. Sorry. Um, I was going to ask, is, is there a specific thing that you see the staff doing differently than uh, Latrell in terms of, them able to get talent and compete with these schools because obviously, you know, you make the jump to the AC and that's better. But I feel like there's like, there's got to be something else that allows you to get this much better talent. Yeah, I, I'm going to say the relationship building. It's not that Seth and his group was bad at building relationships. I just feel like, and I've said it, I believe on this podcast before. I feel like it, it's 100% all hands on deck. I mean, they are the, the staff, the the actual coaches, the Cobbs, you know, the Coach Gilberts. Uh, those guys are building relationships, but the recruiting staff, Coach O, Coach Kirkland, all those mm -hmm. guys uh, are – they're the ones watching film. They're the ones, you know, going out and looking under every rock. And it's mm -hmm. allowing the coaches to be able to build relationships. I mean, I've, I've interviewed probably 
five of the 11 committed and, and every guy has been consistent with, you know, it's a relationship, you know, it was, it's coach Gilbert was coach Gilbert was texting me every day. Coach Cratch was, you know, we've been in constant contact and that hasn't always been the thing at North Texas. I mean, they've, and not that, not, you know, talking bad about um, anybody on coach Latrell staff. I just don't, I don't know if they came with their approach like this staff is where it's literally, you know, you got your guys, you, you build relationships, you get to know them and, and make sure they're the right fits. And I think that's been a, a huge part in some of these kids landing and choosing us over some bigger, you know, power five offers. Yeah. It, it certainly felt like, it certainly felt like it was very much top heavy with Latrell's staff in terms of Valerius was, was everywhere trying to do everything. Latrell dipped his toe in a lot. And then the, the staff didn't have as much on their plate. That's what it felt like to me. Obviously, as as I didn't cover recruiting as in-depth as what I do now like with LSU, but it's like when I'm at LSU camps and stuff, I'm just like, these these coaches are everywhere. They're just yeah. hands-on. Like They are a part of the recruiting staff, right? Yeah. And that's where I, I didn't feel that when it was Latrell and Willarius. It felt like it was very much top-heavy, like the recruiting guys do the recruiting and everybody else kind of coaches in a yeah. sense. I don't know. And I will, and I'll never, you know, Throw shade on Luke. I think Luke brought North Texas recruiting up several notches uh, when he took over, and uh, I feel like he had a lot on his plate. And I think he still they did a great job in recruiting. Uh, but now I feel like Coach Morris. One of the great things he's done is you know take what Luke did and divide it by six guys. And yeah, I think they're you're seeing the it paid dividends in the recruiting. Absolutely. Uh, who are some of the top 2024 targets that you'd like to see North Texas try to land? Obviously. Uh, you're, they already have 11, but who, who else do you have your eye on? Uh, Cash McCollum, uh, the quarterback out of China Springs, is one of my favorite. He's been a guy I liked since before they offered. Uh, I know they had some other guys that they were targeting. Uh, I think the main target was Erickton Maiden, uh, the mm-hmm. College Station quarterback that went to Memphis. Uh, that's uh, We talk about American recruiting battles. There was one that we lost right there. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out down the stretch. But as far as a quarterback, I know quarterback's always a big topic any message boards, uh, any right. podcast. So I think that would be my guy. I think he's the top quarterback uh, target they've got. I think he's a guy they've liked for a while now. Uh, he won state last year, uh, but he's six three, six four, big kid. So that's a guy. And I'd like to see what we do as far as the offensive line. I don't really have any names off the top of my head, but I know yeah. losing losing both our offensive line commits the last two weeks really hurt. Uh, losing uh, Snacks McLean to – Houston and then losing uh, Davian Horth to uh, UTSA. That was a big, a big loss. So I'll, I'm interested to see what we do along both sides of the the ball, uh, defense and offense, because uh, technically we have no no guys committed right now on either side of the ball. So I think that's going to be a big point of emphasis moving forward. Yeah, I'm uh, interested I mean, to see who we get there. Yeah, and I'm and I'm interested to see how the early signing period goes compared to the February signing period as well, because it's very much could be a, you know, wait until February for some of these kids. And they were very, they benefited a lot from those kids that waited till February and they were able to swoop in and get a lot of guys. So that's, it's another aspect of it. There's so many different challenges of having this, like of a new recruiting staff, a new staff kind of going in and recruiting and everything. And obviously when you take a step forward, you're going to be going against, you know, better schools, better programs to get these guys. So it could drag out the process a little bit more, but that's going to be something I'm looking forward to. Um, 
and I know a lot of people were complaining about the decommits and stuff, but I, like I said at the start, I think we've got to look and see where we're at right now. And I mean, I don't remember a, a time when the first week of July we had 11 commits a, a, of this caliber guys. It's not yeah. like I can't go through the list and see, oh, we were his only offer. That's why he's committed. That's not the case for any guy we've got. Uh, so I think when you're going with this quality guys and you're getting them committed this early, there's going to be recruiting battles. I mean, there's there's no way we make it to December without some guys, you know, coming in and battling for the guys we've already got committed. So uh, I think that's moving forward. If we continue to commit early and keep going for high-profile guys, there's going to be some guys decommit. Matthew, you see it at LSU. I mean, it happens at Texas. It happens everywhere. It's not yeah. just a, you know, small yeah. fish type deal. Yeah, there's one thing I know is that fans mostly, obviously mostly focus on their own school. Yeah. So it's like when there's a decommitment, it's like, what's happening with this school? What's, what's <laughs> happening with this, you know, yeah, our school wrong? here? When it's like every school in the country is going through this. Every staff in the country is going through this. I mean, I will say the UTSA, though, losing an offensive lineman to UTSA is something that is going to be interesting moving forward because it's staff's getting their footing, and it's like Jeff Trailer's like, hey, I'm right here. Yeah. Just, just reminding them. And time. Coach Morris and them, they've held their own. I mean, I yeah. feel like we've definitely won some battles against him. I think we've yeah. – Held her on a lot better than than say maybe Seth and them did, uh, but that, that was the part last week. You know we did have the two decommits, and I feel like you know Go Mean Green Twitter uh, is, is everybody's you know got the pitchforks out, and it's like the same day we we beat Baylor and TCU for a wide receiver, and you're like, right. you know let's let's celebrate the good, let's let's put the pitchforks down for a second. But it's all about pitchforks. That's what, yes. that's, what that's what that's what we do. We yeah. run message boards that are. And that hand out the pitchforks. We sell the pitchforks. That's we what sell the pitchforks. So we got to, I guess we got to deal with it. Angry Mob will be on threads soon. So yes. you'll be on two places. <laughs> yes, exactly. All six of my followers are probably uh, already got their pitchforks ready. Threads. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, well, that's all on recruiting. Um, real quick, how are you feeling going into the season? I mean, I know it's July 6th, but, you know, fall camp's almost here. It's almost August. Are you feeling better than you were in the spring? You're feeling the same? What? Are you t- is the inner fan coming out on you? You're like, hey, this is it. This is the year nine and three. We're coming. Yeah, I'm twelve and zero. I don't I don't know where you're getting three losses at. I haven't found them yet. But no, I mean, really, I I do think um, there was a time where I'm like, you know, I, I think the main thing, figure out who the quarterback is, yeah. and then you know, get to Cal and and see what the the product because we really don't know what the defense is going to look like. We really don't know what the offenses look like. I mean, this is kind of. Um, you know, going in dark yeah. this year with a whole new staff. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think there's definitely some winnable games early on. I think that's going to hopefully benefit us. Um, and then mm-hmm. getting some guys like SMU and, and UTSA late. I mean, you know, your UTSA is a Frank Harris injury away from, you know, not being the favorite in American. And SMU, um, we haven't seen, you know, Stone play for a full season. So there's – there's I feel like every team in the American has got some, some question marks. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see – how it plays out. Uh, but yeah, I would say I'm more excited now. I think it's because it's just getting closer to fall camp and yeah. more uh, intrigued to see. I think once they update the rosters and you see the new guys on there, you see who made it to campus, uh, kind of lets you breathe a little bit. But uh, it's interesting to see how some of these guys, like Javen Anderson's a guy that's I'm interested in. Does a guy like that, does he break the two deep? Uh, yeah. Uh, seeing somewhere, some of the new guys, where they plug and play, see how the you know, offensive line, how that rotation works out. Uh, a lot of things to watch as we head into fall camp, but uh, kind of like with recruiting, I mean, I think if we can get to the – the main thing I would say is, is if Coach Morris can get to six wins in year one, make a bowl game, 
and then uh, you know get to December, get the signing class signed, and then next year will be the year that uh, maybe North Texas can take the take a big jump. But uh, yeah, I definitely, my goal is to hopefully hit that six to eight win mark, make a bowl game, and, and my, make my it December. Favorite, yeah, my, my, my um, I'm just looking at the schedule. I'm really excited just to play different teams. I know <laughs> I am too. It's like Temple. Like who, we don't. I don't know anything about Temple. Nothing. Let's see. They're going to be decent. I mean, Memphis. We a lot of these teams. North Texas has played right. La Tech, FIU, Memphis. Heck, Cal two years ago. But then you got the Tulsa, Tulane, Navy. Like those games are going to be interesting to me. Um, and then you know, in future years, it'll be like an East Carolina type team, and so on and so forth. So I just I mean, the interesting game to me is Cal coming. To, to north texas sure. i mean it's going to be 172 degrees on the turf so bad so cal may bad. melt um but i mean there it's that's a winnable power five i mean it's not like we don't have yes. alabama coming we don't have lsu um i'm not you know, not trying to throw shade on california i'm just saying that's that's probably one of the only winnable um power five, five games that yeah. north texas has had you know the last decade so i'm besides arkansas obviously but um yeah, I'm excited to see. Excited to see what happens, how it plays out, who the starting quarterback is. It's gonna good times. Yeah. And that's that's what Ren and Jared Mosley. That's what they. That's when they plan this schedule. They're like, hey, we're going into this year. Cal, it's a winnable game if we play really well. And yeah. then FIU, La Tech, winnable. ACU, like there's a there's a path to being four yes. zero and making some noise okay. uh, before going into conference here. And that's what they planned. So that's um, it's gonna be interesting. Yes. Uh, last thing is, who did you have to bribe to get the care package? <laughs> Whew, that was a lot of. I had to send a lot of steaks up to that athletic department. <laughs> there was steaks, hamburger meat. I don't know. I lost track. I think I sent a whole cow up there, but I got a shirt out of the deal, so I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> we uh, we're like, man, everyone's annoyed. JD, man, all these people getting things, and we and we're Colin's like, well, our are our DMs open? And I'm like, that's like, no hey, they you know work. They're not. Colin, they works. So we went and made them unlock just in case, you know, green room unlock. So anybody listening to this, I Jared just, Mosley. I kept tagging Jared Mosley. Anytime anybody posted, I'd just tag Jared and put a sad face and then eventually paid off. I don't know. Yeah, all right. Good to know. Good yes. to know. We'll have to try yes. that out. But yeah, that's, that's the last thing. But all right, JD, uh, appreciate you for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, you know, good to talk recruiting, good to talk North Texas football as always. Man, the season's almost here. It's almost August. I consider August the start of the season. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've almost got it made. It's uh it'll be here before you know it. All right. Follow JD on threads at North Texas Eagle. Is it the same? Same it's handle. The same. Lucked same out handle. and got it. There you go. North Bang. Texas Eagle. Follow him on threads. Follow him on Twitter. I, I had go to pay some guy pretty big bucks for it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Had to beat some people out. Um but all right, JD. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. For that sure. was good stuff. So, yeah, maybe uh, – I don't know. I, are we still going live or is this – We're going we to cut it we'll at cut that it, point, and then oh. we're going to do – we had we, we have a section we're going to do on the all-Texas team at the end and wrap it up. So, we'll, we'll cut it. Perfect, so we perfect. Shit. No, I was going to say, I don't know. We were going through the schedule thing, and I'm like – we were talking about it the other day, and I'm like, man, we could easily – I could see us being six and zero, oh, but I mean, you could sit there, and if you want to be a little bit pessimistic, you like I could see us being like one and five too. I mean, it's I mean, it's, La Tech's got uh, the new quarterback. They're not losing yeah. to FIU. They're That's the one. To FIU. They have Tom Herman. Tom Herman. Give a damn. 
He's no, on no, the Mount no, no, Rushmore. No, 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 no. Of... no, Tom Herman's at FAU. Oh, FIU. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're not losing right. to FIU. FIU. Yeah. No, FIU. we're not using. Okay, so Give two, us and two. Four. two and two. four. Yeah. So two I don't know. We can go into the season and say, hey, two wins. Yeah. Put them in. Put them in Sharpie. Two wins. Might might be two and ten, but we're getting those two. JD said they're going two and ten, so y'all heard it here first. There you go. We're no, I'm gonna leave this in. Actually. <laughs> yeah, no, <we're> not you. <laughs> going two and ten. God, I, my threads is blowing up right now, guys. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> my threads is blowing up. This thing. See you guys. Crazy. Oh, See you. All right, All right, let's continue the podcast, Colin, because it is July sixth, and it's an off-season podcast, so we want to, you know, have some fun. Um. I don't know if this is considered fun, but we're going to go through the transfer portal um, departures and the transfer portal additions and kind of talk about where North Texas landed in the grand scheme of things and how much it really hurt North Texas in the portal. Because as much as I think we had Seth Luttrell on last year, and yes, we're still trying to get Eric Morris on. Don't worry, we'll have him on in the fall. But we had Luttrell on last year, and I was like, you look at it as a plus, minus, you know, all that stuff, because you can get players that drop down too. And he was yeah. like, oh, it's about even. You you break even, all this stuff. It's hard for me to say small – not small schools, well, because North Texas is not a small school. But it's hard for me to say that outside of the top 30 teams in the country that everybody else is even or, you know, a positive. Everybody else to me is clearly losing talent, bottom line. And that, again, that's not just, I'm not just saying all P5s, but I think if you go down the list, like I don't off the top of my head, go to like a Arizona or an Arizona state or something like that. Like outside of the top 30, 40 schools, it's very, very hard to break even in the transfer portal. Yeah. So if we go down the list, actually I should share my screen, Colin, that'd be smart, right? Let sure. me share my screen. Um, yeah. Technology. If, thank you. Thank you, Colin. I sound like you. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> All right, uh, but if you just go down the list of who the transfers out, Larry Nixon, Jair Shorter, Varkey's Gums, I don't care about Grant Canal, Cam Robertson, <laughs> um, Deshaun Gaddy, Jake Roberts, Asher Alberding, like that's the list to me. And I'm not I mean, linebacker I'm, Bryce Drummond. Yeah, we'll throw, throw Bryce Drummond in there, sure. Uh, Hatib Lyles, but those guys, not as much. But what did I just name? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven players lost to P5 schools. And I think six would be would have been starters, at least. Like Astro Alberting, probably not. So six would have been starters. Yeah. Like, it's, that's a lot to overcome. It is. Like, make no mistake. Like, it was when the Murphy twins transferred out. It was like, okay, that hurts. But then you add in Mason Richardson and guys step up. So I'm not saying guys won't step up. And we'll get to the transfers in, in a second. But bottom line, man, those are guys that are going to start at those high at those P5 schools. Now, Cam Robertson went to SMU. I want to correct myself. So that is not a P5 school as much as SMU wants it to be. I'm sitting here laughing at SMU because I don't know. You almost it seemed like you almost fell victim to the Pac-12 fever. <laughs> no, no, I'm laughing at SMU because they're not going to the Pac-12. Sorry, SMU. You can sit here in this conference, and y'all ain't going to win this conference either. So just have some fun. Sit here for a bit. Um, <laughs> here for a but bit. until then, 
other than that, you have again high major transfers: Deshaun, Gaddy, Jake Roberts, Sparky's Gum, Shire Shorter, Larry Nixon. Like those five alone, you could argue would have been five of like the top ten players on the team next year. Yeah. I I just I I worry that this is going to be a cycle for North Texas and for all the schools really, and that aren't in the top thirty or forty moving forward. Um, what do you think? I, I mean, I don't really worry so much about. I don't worry about teams in the future because your hope is that you you build. The problem with years past is that we never felt like there was ever a foundation built. You always had top end talent, and then after that, it was like, what do you have? Yeah. I feel like if every team's dealing with this, you're gonna have to somehow combat it, and you're gonna have a foundation in which guys will step up. Problem is, is that with the new coaching staff, I don't know who's gonna step up. And if you look at the transfers in, and we'll look at those in a second, I don't really know if any of those guys are gonna come in and you know do what these guys will do. But like Jair Shorter offense like the problem with this is that you lose you lose a player from almost every part of ass or like yeah. facet of football like yeah linebacker wide receiver defensive end tight end like gaddy and secondary. gaddy secondary it's so and like i said we don't know who's going to step up in those positions because right now the only players we know are the ones that like ridge tahada for example like we already know what he is but like we don't yeah. know who was who behind him was going to be good because he wasn't good enough to play last year so yeah. um it is- that's that's i guess my concern now but in the future i don't really know if it's going to be something to really have to worry about because if every school is dealing with outside the top 30 that's what you got to deal with no you're right and that's like it's not like north texas is going through this alone tulsa rice hey rice just rice's best receiver just entered the portal like three days ago or something like that bradley uh, rosner um so yeah every team's going through this utsa lost zakari franklin to um Auburn, I believe it was, or was it Ole Miss? One of the two. Um, so yeah, every team's going through it. We'll see. But I just it's hard for me to watch that. I'm like, damn, I was really looking forward to seeing these guys play in North Texas this year. Um, right. So we'll see. Now the transfers in, like you said, it's a lot of a lot of guys that should be good, but a lot of guys that we have no clue like how it's gonna pan out. Like again, Trandall Rogers should be good. Yep. Do we know if it's going to pan out? No, we don't. Trey Cleveland, receiver, should be good. Uh, Philip Hill, we heard really good things about. Um, I don't know. I think it was, was it JD or somebody was, else? I can't remember who it was, but yeah. Was, somebody said Phil Hill was looking really good. Um, Ethan Miner, offensive line. So, like, you have all these names here. Larry Moore, offensive tackle, very well could start. Damon, um, Damon Youngblood here from U, that's UL, right? Yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. So, again, quality names here you kind of just have to backfill the position and kind of make it work from there it's that's the hope i think is that you want the drop downs i guess from those high high major schools like texas tech you get two texas tech guys and you're like okay cool like we can make this work and it kind of fills in for losing those guys i will say they didn't lose any offensive linemen in the portal did they like that should be a real strength of this team they lost dane jackson but yeah. like offensive line should be a real strength for this team with the transfers that they got and uh i didn't even mention paula um who is going to be a pretty good player for them as well so yeah um yeah i think it's a good transfer portal haul like if you had to grade it as far as the transfer portal haul they got I, i'd grade it as a b plus i think that's yeah. pretty good thing with me and this is probably just because i have ptsd from past transfer yeah. halls is that anytime i see a texas tech or a georgia or anything it's like 
I'm expecting them to do really well, and then they end up not playing. So hopefully this is different under Eric Morris, <laughs> but that, that's I guess that's my only uh, slight well, concern. In the transfer portal era, you don't have a choice anymore. It felt like in the no, past, of course not. You would yeah. get somebody, and it would be like, oh, you know, that's cool. Like that guy could be really good, but if it doesn't work out, we still have all this, you know, the players that we recruited. Right nowadays, it's you need the transfer portal guys to pan out because if not, you lose too much to only replace it with your freshman like you're recruiting like right. you can't replace it with your recruiting nobody can nobody in the country has enough freshman talent and like incoming talent with freshman classes to supplement what they lose in the transfer portal i was doing an alabama preview the other day they lost 17 players to other p5 schools Dang. and only took in five or six transfers and i think that's a real concern for them like even though they have the number one class coming in like it's it's just like it's hard to continue to supplement all of that and so that's something I'm interested in is which one of these transfers starts. Because if they get two starting offensive linemen, a starting quarterback, a starting receiver from the transfer portal, and a starting safety from the portal, I think that's a great haul. Yeah. Like you can't go wrong with that. So then you can – then your talent naturally will have be enough from there. But um, I did want to look real quick at the transfer portals because I, I think that's an interesting uh, aspect of this team we haven't talked about enough. Are we uh, moving on to the All-Texas team? Yes, we are. Dave Campbell's released their 2023 preseason Dave Campbell's All-Texas team. And there are, I believe, three North Texas players on there. I'm, I'm looking right now. One, two, All right, three. Let's First team defense, Rich Tejada, defensive back. Second team offense, Ayo Day at running back. Yep. Second team defense, Mason Richards at edge. So those That's are the it. three. That's it. Those are the three. I really think the North Texas running back room, and and Dave Campbell's has done this before. I think when they did the top ten running backs, they put just Ayo a day at like number five or something like that. And you're like, yes, but Kaika Ragsdale and Oscar Attaway and like all these guys, Isaiah Johnson, are yeah. all going to be major contributors. Like, there's a chance. This is one of the best running back rooms in the state, like yeah. comfortably, and I'm yeah. really excited by that. I we've been spoiled with running backs. Like, North Texas is known spoiled. for apparently. I mean, you got Patrick Cobb, you got Jeff Wilson, you got Lance Dunbar. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't forget Lance Dunbar. Now, <laughs> I'm not talking about NFL careers. You know, I'm, I'm just talking <laughs> about just talking about the uh, the recent uh, yes. college career. So, yeah, I mean. Through. I'd hope. I mean, they better be good this year. <laughs> um, defense I mean, though, two two second team, or I guess two all defense. How would you say yeah. that? First team yeah. and second team. One first team, one second team. Yeah, a second team. I think it's kind of interesting that there's not more offense than there is defense because I would not say defense is a strength. I would say team. offensive line is going to be a strength, even though they lose. You lose Manasseh Mose, right? Yeah. Like you have days on Carroll. You uh... oh, they don't have reaction oh gabe blair's not on here sorry didn't make the cut who do i have to talk to here where's ish let me call ish real quick let's see what how is gabe blair not on this list let's give ish a call (laughs) you think he answered probably he better
Ish. Hey, we are on the Green Room podcast right now looking at the um, Dave Campbell's All-Texas team. Okay. Uh, I just want to know where Gabe Blair was. I must have missed him. Where what? Gabe Blair, offensive lineman for North Texas, one of the best offensive linemen in the state. I, I don't I don't see him on this top ten. I see a lot of Texas A and M, Texas Tech, Texas Tech. I was told that this was an equal opportunity publication. I see a day. I see a day. Yeah, thank you. Out. Shout out. Shout out a day. Uh, thanks. Thanks yeah. for that. Okay. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. All right. We don't. We don't need this. Listen, Chandler Rogers will be only standing behind Gabe Blair. All right. <laughs> taking on five of yes, the he will be sta- <laughs> yes, he will be standing behind Gabe Blair. Um, <laughs> that's how it will look. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anybody else to yell at you about. I think the rest is good. Mason Richards on there. Rich yeah, Tejada's yeah. on there. Yeah, we got, we got Tejada, yeah. Okay. I'm okay with the rest. Right. Colin, anything else? You're, you're, you're okay with the rest. Okay. I'm okay. Right. I can survive. I will. We'll see. I'll. I'll damn. Okay. Yeah. We'll. We'll. We'll live. We'll live. All right. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to, to ask you about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The anti-North Texas bias is real <laughs> at the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Publication. But that's all right. That's all right. All right. All right. Cool. cool. All right, Ish. You have a good day. All right, man. You too, buddy. Later, mm-hmm. See ya. I mean, I didn't see any Texas State guys on there, so. <laughs> Actually, yes, there is. Defense been... back. Tory Spears, Texas State. I'm looking at it right here. No shot. Yep. Oh, my. Yep. Homerism. Homerism. <laughs> Did you not get saved? Did you not have the votes for me? They didn't, they didn't email me. I didn't get an email. Let's go through now. Now, now I I'm, I'm on payroll, and they didn't email me. I'm going through the roster now to see if anyone else deserves deserves a a look. Uh, Gabe Blair was the only one that I thought of. Um, I mean, receiver wise, it's just going to be such a find different. One. Jay Macklin is going to be good, but I can't say he's going to be a top six receiver in the state. Good. Um, like Jay Macklin should be like borderline all conference by the end of the year. I think. Gabe Blair will be all conference. Gabe Blair should be on this list. Not good enough, apparently. Gabe Blair should be a, is a top ten offensive lineman in the state. Not good enough. Th- this is a guy. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I'm trying to see if they put Jake Roberts on this list. Real that question. Ultimate troll. To us. Real question is how good? How good's this kicker? Which kicker? The new one from Baylor, Noah Rauschenberg. It's a good question. It's a good question. I, I'm sure they didn't even investigate that, did they? He played 43 games as a kickoff specialist. <laughs> yep. <laughs> kickoff specialist. That's big. <laughs> he didn't get on the, the actual kick. Number one rated kickoff specialist for 2022, according to Pro Football Focus. <laughs> Teams will not be returning against North Texas this year. I nope. promise you that. Put that in your pipe and smoke <laughs> it right there, Dave Campbells. Where is the all kickoff team? Hold on, hold on. Last last stat from our boy uh from our boy Noah. And 76% kickoff percentage in 2022. As touchbacks? Has to be. It just says 
It, it, it just says literally, it just says that rated eighth nationally in kickoff percentage in 2022, 76%. I'm assuming that means it has to be 89% in 2021. Yeah, this is, you know, when you know you got someone different, you got someone different. You know what I'm no saying? No one's returning on us. No. Nope. He was, though, rated as the number 22 kicker nationally as a recruit, but I'm not sure that matters. So. Okay. Well, we'll see. Defensively, Mays versus Rod Brown, I think. Yeah, I just I just scrolled to his name. Rod Brown deserves a shout. I'm not sure he gets they only took six defensive linemen and yeah. two edges. So that's kind of tough. But still, mm. I think I think Rod Brown deserves a shout there. I mean, the defensive line should be pretty damn good this year. I'd hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Okay, call. It's hard to be optimistic at all right now still there are know. there's a lot of unknowns with this team yeah like bottom love, love the coaching staff love the love recruiting them. i need to see them play yeah we, we need to see this <laughs> football. we need to see some pads yeah clash something yeah, something to satiate my hunger for a good football we're gonna satiate <laughs> all right um that's all we have for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Uh, thanks to JD for coming on. Uh, I don't know who we're going to have on next week, but hope we'll y'all had a out. fun and safe July 4th of July. Look at Maya. Um, Maya's asleep behind us. There's a Maya update. It looks like she has like a little blanket over her. It's a towel. Oh, it's a towel. Um, but yeah, thank y'all for joining us. We will be back next week with another edition of The Green Room. Uh, shout out to everybody who's used our... Um, code on home field oh yeah keep doing it even if you're a closet other fan use it use it anybody maybe your cousin is like a texas tech fan or something like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can order texas tech stuff send it to them use our code 15 percent off i mean maybe your friend is an smu fan and you need to uh need to uh not a real friend in my opinion not a a real friend or you're not a real fan (laughs) yeah one of the two (laughs) one of the two is happening here no in between no in between. Um, I say that I work with an SNU person. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, when it comes to work, you gotta gotta bite the bullet a bit. Bite the bullet. You don't get to pick your coworkers, right? That's what they say. Yeah, but you can't saying? pick your friends. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh thank you all for joining us. We will talk to y'all next week.